us doubt. Wishful thinking. There's no doubting you. We don't have to wishfully think things in you. So what am I supposed to do with hope? And then he said, said look at the Hebrew definition of it. So I did a lot of research and I got lots of typing. So we're going to start here. Uh, there are two main Hebrew words translated as hope. And the first one, and I'm going to butcher it, so Lord help me, is yakal, spelled Y-A-C-H-A-L. It's the first trans- translation of hope in the Bible. It's actually in Genesis 8-12 with Noah. And Noah gets some direction from God after the ark is settled, the waters receded. Noah gets some, gets some direction. He sends doves out to see the waters receding. The doves don't come back anymore, right? That's the first step. Hope provides us direction. Even when we don't know what's happening, Yakal also means to wait and be patient. And in the, while things are happening, we don't understand why they're happening. But God tells us there's direction even in the waiting. So when Derek and I were trying to get pregnant, that's what came back to me. God said, you had to wait. Like you had a time that you thought was supposed to happen, but it wasn't that time. And you lost. And then you, it, I encouraged you in that waiting. So even in the waiting, God says, I got you. I still love you. I see you and I hear you. Hope provides direction. So I had to get some direction. I had to pray. It forces you back down to your knees to seek to see God out first, even when you don't know what's happening. Hope means to trust God in the process. I'm going to jump to Job 13, 15. Keep forgetting I got scriptures here. <laughs> so at this point in Job's, Job has lost everything. He ain't got nothing left. He's lost everything. And he says, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, but I will maintain my own ways before him. Job is at his lowest point. Everything that he knows is gone from him. Some of us sometimes feel that way. I know some of us haven't hit low like that where you lose everything. But some people have and they don't know where to go and they don't know what to to do. Right. It's a place of hopelessness. And even in that, Job said, I'm still going to trust you, God, because I don't know. Even though these things are happening to me, even though you slay me, I still trust you. And that's what's hard for us because I don't see the end. I don't see what's happening. And I think about that child who was 19 years old who thought the only solution in his life was to pick up a gun, walk into Central Vision, perform at high school and start shooting people. Why? Because he lost hope. He lost trust. He didn't see a vision for the end for him. There was nothing. Hope gives us vision. Hope give us, gives us an expected end. Jesus, we know, is the hope. Without Jesus, we don't have it. Where was I? So hope means to trust God in the process. Okay. So God provides you strength while you wait on him. In that process, I'm going to go to Isaiah 40:31. We're familiar with the scripture. Let's go to that one. It says, "But they they wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up 
mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and they shall be and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Hope allows us to get strength. Hope, hope requires that. So without hope, it's hard to trust God. It's hard to believe that he's going to do what, he's, what he said he was going to do. It's hard. Hope also means that you, in the waiting, you praise God. Hope means in the waiting, you praise God. For me, in that process of waiting for Xavier, it was really hard to see the end for a while. It was. I'm going to be honest about that. After that miscarriage, I said, God, I don't see it. I don't. And in the midst of that, he still encouraged me. And after we lost, there was still a praise. I didn't go to a place of darkness and hopelessness. It was, God, I have to trust you this. I don't know the solution. I don't have the answers, but you do. And your timing is perfect. So while I don't understand it, God, I'm still going to trust you and I'm going to wait. And in that waiting, Lord, I'm going to praise you. It means that when circumstances are difficult, it doesn't mean you quit and you give up. It means, God, I'm going to praise you anyway. That's where the hallelujah anyhow matters. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even when the situation looks dark and bleak and you don't see the end or the answer, God says, I'm still here. Hope is still here. There's an end to this. It's not going to last forever. Hallelujah. So hope means in the waiting, you still praise God. I'm going to go to, for that one, Psalms 71.14. Bear with me. I have a lot of scriptures, but... So David's in a place where he needs to be delivered. And he says, but, I'm going to go to 14, but I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation of all the day, for I know not the number thereof. So he's at the end of his life and his enemies are after him. And David says, you know what? The hope continually in me is still going to praise you anyway and that's what that means in the waiting you still praise God we've heard that many a times in the waiting you praise God even when it looks dark and bleak you still praise God so going back to this word you call you call means waiting on God it may be waiting in his word it may be waiting on his promise it may be waiting on God to perform an action but sometimes it means waiting continually. It means waiting and for the end game, for the enduring. The second word related to hope, I'm going to butcher this one too because it's in Hebrew, is tikva or kava. Tikva means cord or attachment. I started, I kind of chuckle over there when we were singing uh, one of the praise songs this morning about my anchor. And I said, okay, Lord, that's all right. That's where it is. We know our anchor is in Christ. So think about that anchor that's attached to something. It grounds us. When it hits, it grounds you. I'm going to go to Jeremiah 29, 11. Now I'll break down to you in a minute.
familiar with that scripture. For I know the for I know the thoughts that I had that I think toward you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. We know that there's expectation when God gives us a word, when God gives us a promise, there's an expectation. And in the midst of the trouble, the anchor, the cord that I'm going to put in the ground and hang on to is going to anchor to Jesus. So tikva means to expect. It means to expect, which means to wait for and expect and look eagerly. Unlike the English definition that implies doubt, this one says expect it. If God said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. And I'm trusting God for even things in my life to do. It was this word was for me. And I said, Lord, I don't know what to do with this doubtful thinking because that's not you. You don't plot doubt. What you say, as grandma said, you put your foot on it, he going to do it. And that's what I expect. It's an expected in. It's an expected in. So Tiva, again, means to expect. It relates to the Hebrew word Kiva, which comes from cord. So another attaching cord. Kava is a feeling of tension, right? So in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of the trial, I should say, there's a tension, right? You feel like the enemy sometimes can pull you one way and wants to loosen that cord. But we know with Jesus, who's the anchor, right? If my anchor's set, that cord's not moving. I don't care what the enemy does or what he throws at you, brings towards you, where the fire look like, it don't matter. If that anchor's set, you can shake that cord, it's not going anywhere, Hallelujah. Kava is a feeling of tension, expectation, while waiting for something to happen like a cord pulling. So even though that cord may be, may be, right, sometimes you can shake a cord and move it. In the midst of it, you can still hang on to Jesus in the midst of it. Psalms 37, 4, delight thyself also in the Lord that he give you the desires of your heart. Even in the midst of the core shaking. The ground doesn't seem very stable. God still says, delight yourself in him. That's where you had to praise and lift your praise and lift yourself out of that state. And in the midst of that, God sees you and God's going to move for you because he said that he would. Let's go to Hebrews 6, 17. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of his promise, heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by oath. Immutability meaning unchanging, his unchanging counsel, confirmed it by oath, that two, that by two immutable things in which is impossible for God to lie. So we know when God tells you something, he can't take it back. He can't do it. So the prophecy over my life, I said, okay, Lord, I'm 37 years old. Don't do that math. Um, don't do the math. I'm not going to lie. It scared me. It did. I'm like, I'm 13. I still got all my life and, you know, you plan your life and you shouldn't do that because God, like you said, laughs. You want to make your own plan. Do that and let God laugh at you um, in the process of that. But um, God can't lie. He said it. He said it. It's got to be what's got to be. God can't lie. So if we're hanging on to things that God tells us, right, 
for me was that child. Now I'm looking for something else from God. God say it. I'm going to learn to put my foot on it and trust it because he is incapable of lying. He can't do it. Where am I at? We may have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that's set before us, which hope we have an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entered into that which the veil, wherein whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever in the court of, what is it? Michelle's deck. There it is. <laughs> so it's impossible for God to lie. Can't do it. And with hope, we have that anchor. So once the anchor is planted, even though things come against us and will shake us, hope is still there. So think about someone, like I said, who loses complete hope. Enemy has tricked them into thinking that there is no answer. And the only answer is something drastic. We are the ones that have hope. And God really put on my heart, that is you, is you're, you're responsible for getting that school and talking to your students. Even you have to pull them aside. It's us in our workplace, in our school, in the grocery store. I say, God, help me not be ashamed anymore to say what you have to say through me. Use this vessel, God, to bring hope and light to a world that seems dark. Use this vessel because we shouldn't have another central VPA. We shouldn't have another school shoot. I said, Lord, I'm tired of turning on the news. And every time I turn it on, somebody getting shot. Some child, child is bringing a gun into school because they don't see another option. Lord, let me be the light. Lord, let me be the hope that you said. Let there be an anchor that where they see something different. God, use me. Use me. I was shaking on Monday. I was shaking. I said, Lord's a little too close to home. I had staff members say, Doc it. I said, look, and have my department say, I said, we got to do something different. There are four or five of us that know Jesus. What we should be doing is walking up in here and praying. I'm tired, Lord. I'm tired turning on the news. I'm tired. I know the answer is that we've, we've unanchored as a nation. We've unanchored from the truth, God. We've unanchored from you. We need to plant that anchor back. And the only way things are going to change is that anchor is placed back. Jesus is the hope. Jesus is the only way. And Lord, I thank you. I thank God for knowing that truth that it is in Jesus. The only way things are going to be different is if we turn back to him. And I didn't even have that written down. If we turn back to him. Did he have that written down? It's in there. <laughs> Where's I going with that? Back to the anchor. <laughs> Romans 5, 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have also, let me back up here, but whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not, 
only so, but we glory in tribulations also. There we go. Make sure we praise God even in the trouble. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Oh, Lord. Don't ask for patience. And patience experience. Experience hope. So we, and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. I don't know how I will live without the Holy Spirit because I know Al was the Holy Spirit unctioning your niece to get out that school. I know that. And I told the Lord, I said, if everything happened in Winsville, God, you know how to get me out. Make me real sick and I ain't going to get out of bed. <clears throat> Make me real sick. Because <laughs> when Brittany, my, my, Derek will tell you, so will my mother. I'm stubborn. I don't like taking off work because <laughs> it's easy for me to go. But I trust that God will keep us in the midst of the tribulation. In the midst of the trouble, God's going to keep us. So hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God that shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Again, we need the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us in every aspect of our life. Not, I need to turn to require a little bit more on everything. Stop, ask, listen to the Holy Spirit when he's speaking to us. Because sometimes, and I'm guilty of this myself, I'll admit, throw me under the bus first. We get so busy that sometimes we miss it. And I said, Lord, don't let me walk past a kid and you say stop. And for some reason, I got a hundred things happening right now and I can't think about it. Make me stop. Make me stop. Because we are the hope. We know that the hope is in Jesus because Jesus is hope. So again, experience and patience all work with hope as well. Man, am I already at the end of my notes? So we know that it's Christ in us, the hope, the hope. And without Jesus, there is no hope. We can't have hope without Jesus. So in the midst of that, Tigva and Kava, our anchor, we have to wait on. In the midst of it, we have to praise God. And in our praise, that means that we completely trust him, which activates our faith. Without hope, it's also hard to have faith. If I can't see the end, how am I going to believe God if I can't see it? It creates a vision for me to see what God expects at the end. It means don't doubt, unlike Miriam Wester's definition of hope, which implies wishful thinking. God don't do wishful thinking. He don't do wishful thinking. Like, I, I really hope he, I need to stop saying that. And he stopped saying, I hope he. No, that implies wishful thinking. If I want God to do it, I need to declare to put it in the air. God, I want you. I believe you are going to. And then fill in the blank. Take hope or I wish out of your vocabulary. Brittany, I'm talking to myself. Take it out of your vocabulary. In the midst of that, hope is still your hallelujah anyhow. So when you get the not good news, hallelujah anyhow. Anyway, so we didn't get some, not the news I wanted, from Xavier's sleep study. Apparently, we had to have one big surgery, and I'm not thrilled about it. But hallelujah, anyhow, God, you say it. And I'm not going to say I hope anymore. God, you say it. It's going to be because you say it. Hope gives us strength. 
Hope gives us vision. Our vision activates our faith. Our vision activates our faith. So without the vision, without the hope, it's hard to see. I thank God for hope. We often talk about faith and love, and he kept throwing hope and hope and hope and hope and hope and hope. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) what what do we mean by this? Hope means the anchor and the weight on. That's all I got. Short. (laughs) God is good. Without hope, without Jesus, we don't we can't we don't have anything. God doing, I'm doing. (laughs) It's really short.